there are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the baby. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salt. I'm Cam. Salty, welcome back, mate. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. Welcome back, Salty. It's good to, good to hear your voice again. You guys as well. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Robbo, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about the sound of, of freedom, mm. uh, which is a movie. It's this. This one is like the most American topic I think we've ever done. Yeah, there is layers on layers of Americanism in this. Um, but then we'll probably talk a little bit about some things happening in Australia that are adjacent to this. Yeah, it's all about saving the kids, mate. Mm, what's Cam? Can you tell us? Can you give us the top level summary of Sound of Freedom? Uh, the Sound of Freedom is a feature film taking the American box office by storm despite the best efforts of Joe Biden and the US government and Jeffrey Epstein's, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein's ghost. Uh, it is based on the story of Tim Ballard, who was a Department of Homeland Security special agent. Who Pop an left, asterisk on that for later on. <laughs> yep, who left the agency to form an organisation called Operation Underground Railroad who rescue trafficked children all around the world from potentially uh, high-level pedophile cabals based in America. Uh, they play pretty fast and loose with how much they engage with that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he left his job at the Department of Homeland Security because they just he just couldn't save enough kids through Operation Underground Railroad, he can save all of God's children. Uh, he is recently out at un Operation Underground Railroad, which we'll get into as well, mm. uh, as well as a, another anti-trafficking charity. But, yeah, it's basically a movie about his story, and it's not good. Now, I did watch it at 1.8 times speed mm -hmm. in a cam downloaded off the Pirate Bay. So mm -hmm. every now and then, that'd be like, there'd be like a scene where a pedophile... <laughs> had a bunch of children in a room and he'd look like he's about to do something horrible. And then this guy would pop on the screen and be like, what if you could have cricket and pokies in the one website? 
<laughs> Come check out slots.com. It's like, I don't know if you guys are really paying attention to where you're placing these ads, but it was a hard juxtaposition. Is anyone, I, I also watch the same cam rep as you, Cam. Um, and I was thinking, is anyone like watching a dodgy Sound of Freedom download, an illegal download, and then going, oh, this gambling website's advertising on this. They seem trustworthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to give them my credit card details. It's like, I, I'm not sure about the, the market for the, the cam rip of the Sound of Freedom because I feel like it might have been us. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's probably us and other podcasts like ours. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the QAnon Anonymous podcast watched this one. Um, so, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, the movie, it's it's. Like- I, I also watched it on Fast Speed. Hmm. Um, the the plot of the movie is basically he is working to save some kids. Um, he befriends a pedophile at the start, who's like been locked up, hmm. and he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm, I'm one of you. Uh, come out and have a cigarette with me." And I thought he did that in a weird way because he lights both cigarettes at once and then passes own, them one, like in his own mouth. Yeah, I don't. I it was a bit weird. Just give him the cigarette and then light it. Uh, I felt I thought that was to build up trust. He's saying like, "Look, I don't mind if your lips touch the same cigarette that my lips touch. You know, we're both pedophiles." That's not how you. It would have to be the other way. Hey, light these two cigarettes, and then I'll yeah, I'll smoke one and see. Yeah. I don't even care about your pedo spit. Yeah. So yeah, he befriends this this pedophile, and then says, "Oh, hey, I actually, I'm actually a pedophile too." You should get me some kids. Yeah, uh, now, and the, the pedophile was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll get well, you some kids." At, at uh, first, the at first the pedophile's like, "Do you expect me to believe that you are secretly a pedophile working for the anti-pedophile task force?" And Jim Caviezel, well, in fairness to Jim Caviezel, he's a good actor. He's the only good actor in the movie. What do you and mean? So- Mia Sorvino plays his wife. Mia Sorvino, <laughs> famous actress. And so I think that uh, his acting just wins him over. Uh, I will say, though, besides Jim Caviezel being the only good actor, all of the pedophiles in the movie, like, they nailed the casting. <laughs> <laughs> really pedo-y kind of guys. Every, like, you would believe all of them. But, yeah, uh, he's like, no, nah, nah, for real, though. And the guy's like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> um, there are some other good actors in it. I, the, the guy that plays the um, uh, Kurt Fuller, I think he's in Ghostbusters 2. And he plays like the sidekick to the mayor, the one that, uh, the man who has no penis. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah. APA guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone else in it as well. Oh, Bill. Bill Camp. Uh, he's been in things as well. So you know, they're not all bad. And Mira Sorvino, who's who's quite a well-known actress. But you are correct, Cam. I didn't mean to take away from your. Um. So he befriends this. Francis Pedo says to him, get me some kids. The pedo does. And then he arrests him again. Yeah. Which he'd already done at that point. Because it was all a trick. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds, like, one of the, the kids that he gets, he saves him. And then he says, oh, the kid says, oh, my sister's also in trouble. And so this is what it kicks off, like, a, a Taken style. We've got to get this this girl back. Yeah, because uh, we so we we also see these kids kidnapped by I think her name's Giselle. So she, she's um 
Gislaine. Yeah, so the the trafficker's name is Giselle, so she's very Gislaine coded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so we, we, we kind of watch this guy, he leaves the the agency that he's working for and he goes off the books in Columbia uh, to to rescue this girl. And it's sort of it's a little bit tricky because they, I don't know, they're walking sort of a line because on the one hand, they want to have this story about like the guy that he couldn't get it done inside the system, so he had to go outside the system. But at the same time, they sort of want to be like, we love cops. Yeah. But at, at the same time, they know that a huge market for this audience thinks that the Department of Homeland Security are Satanists. So they're walking this tightrope. And so they have this, like, they have this, yeah, they have the, the story that he's going outside the system because he couldn't get it done within, within this system. But while they're doing this, like, the guy, his boss of the Department of Homeland Security is like, look, Tim, you can't do that stuff. You, you work for DHS, but I could send you down to Columbia and I can give you $10,000 of taxpayer money and we'll say you're going to a conference. Like, he's yeah. facilitating all of his going outside of the system. It's... If you want to talk about the deep state, this is literally what the deep state would be doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, when when they arrested the the guy the second time, uh, I wrote down the quote because it was hilarious. So uh, Jim Cavazil, who is uh, playing the main guy, Tim Ballard, uh, the guy realizes he's been set up, and he's like, oh, you set me up. And uh, Jim says, never trust a pedophile. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that, did, you, did you just admit to being a, a pedophile? <laughs> never trust a cop, I think it's. Well, <laughs> don't call yourself a pedophile. They've been putting that on shirts. Really? And it's like, it's the real life version of that. Uh, <laughs> what is it? The, 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 there's nothing on my uh, I'm not a pedophile oh. t shirt. <laughs> yeah. Getting a lot of questions about my human. My, Child trafficking she t shirt. Yeah. That are all answered by the t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so the rest of the movie he's rescuing rescuing a, a kid. Well, so he he heads down to Columbia. Yeah. And he wants to meet Giselle. And he meets like a local guy who is in the, the child buying business, but he's a good guy. So there's people who buy children that are bad guys. And this, this guy's guy, a good guy. This guy admits that he was procuring child prostitutes at one point, and that's what made him a good guy because <laughs> he, yeah. he he got a prostitute and then he looked down and she had, afterwards she had pink cat toenails, like painted toenails with pink cats, and she's like, oh, no. He's like, oh, no, there's no way this girl's 25. Mm. Which I don't know. Mm. So... <laughs> He meets this guy, yep. this ex-pedophile, yep. who is in the business of rescuing children, and he's doing it on a sort of a small scale, but basically he's saying, I want to buy a child. The human traffickers are like, yep, sure. They sell him. They're not asking any questions about what happens to them, so they don't know he's just letting him go, mm. which I'm sure is a system that was, like, working great. Like, I'm sure there was a lot of, like, aftercare Mm. They, were, they were making sure that they weren't just like releasing them onto we'll the talk, street. We'll talk a bit about that later. <laughs> yeah. So they do a little bit of that. They they run like a sting. Uh, they they come up with this idea. They're like, 
because they need to, Giselle will only meet like people who are buying children in bulk. So they're like, why don't we start a child sex hotel in Colombia? <laughs> and we'll get like some fucking high flying businessman in to run it. And no one from the child trafficking side of things is like, that's a bit weird. Because obviously mm. that's how it works. <clears throat> are they buying wholesale, selling retail? <laughs> they are, well, they are salty. There's yep. some lessons here for some people, but we won't <laughs> get into Jesus that. Christ. <laughs> so they run this big sting operation. It's a great success, but he's still there's still that one bloody kid he's looking for. Yeah, he he doesn't even take time to, to celebrate saving fifty kids. Mm. But nah, um, I just make a little note. So in that, the lawyer of the the one of the pedophiles, he like has an, an, a, a run in with him when they he tries to take away a kid and he stops him. The main guy stops him. He's like, oh, hey, you can't do that. He's mine. And they have like a showdown with a gun at his head. And then when the cops come and arrest everyone, he says, the main guy says to the cop, hey, that lawyer, don't arrest him, like take him away, but don't put him in handcuffs. And so it looks like he's the narc. So everyone sees him being led away and they're like, oh, no, he was the narc. Uh, I thought that was a fun little detail and a good way to to set someone up to look like the narc. Mm. Something to bear in mind. Mm, mm, Keep that in mind, anyone, everyone. Yeah, so they do the big bust. They're not happy about that because they don't have the one girl that he's looking for. Uh, then, I'm not. He discovers totally... she's in the jungle somehow. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it's the leader of FARC bought her. <laughs> they find, they discover it in some way. Cam, you're gonna need to explain that reference to almost everyone. <laughs> uh, FARC is a like Colombian rebel group. Uh, the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia. Ah. So, they're, co- they're communists, so of course. So it's not FARC, the website, FARC.com. <laughs> no. That's what I thought. <laughs> so they, uh, he and his mate who they were going to run the sex hotel, they decide to go undercover into FARC territory as Redditors. No, as, um, <laughs> as like UN doctors. Yeah. They're to- to give out vaccines, which I thought was an interesting touch, considering like the uh, the market for the movie, because <laughs> like wouldn't that be a, that would be a somewhat villainous role? Yeah, yeah. So they had, and there were a couple of little. So this wasn't blatantly QAnon, but there was a couple of little nods, which I'll mention in a second. But they went in with syringes, and I, like, I might not have been concentrating too much at this point because my concentrating concentration was waning. Uh, it was a pretty boring movie, but the syringes had a tracking device in them and they were like, oh, you know, if, if they need to test it, just just like inject it into yourself and it can still track you. Was that? Yeah, did I, I read that right? Yeah, <laughs> if I was paying attention to that point. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. And which, so, you know, there's a kind of like a little, you know, vaccines have microchips in them yeah. kind of nod. <clears throat> yeah. I did. What I liked was I don't think this ever happened. This is like supposedly based on a true story, but I don't believe this scenario ever occurred. But if it had, basically what you're saying is we went into the jungles of Colombia to set up the next UN doctors who come into the jungles of Colombia to be murdered. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, any, <laughs> after, after what happens goes down, any other doctor going in there is frickin' toast. 
So they they get on a boat. They go down the river. Fark catch up with them. They're like, "Oi, what are you doing here? Come with us." He's like, "I'm just a doctor, mate. I just want to give out vaccines." Gets brought to the camp. There seems to be like very minimal interest in what he's doing. I don't know. I'd be keeping a bit of an eye on him. Hmm. But he he finds the kid because she has a tattoo. And then there are other children there, but he just rescues her. <laughs> yeah, in a, a amongst a fight to the death, mm. um, rescues her, and then just kind of drives off. Mm. And that's the and end that, of the movie. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> so, what are, what were the messages of the movie? Well, number one, only a hard, strong border between the United States and uh, South America can stop child trafficking. Well, that was uh, yeah. <laughs> He he used he's used his profile to to argue that yes. Um, number two, there are cabals of elite American liberals who are pushing the child trafficking trade. That wasn't like part of the movie, though, was it? No, it was part it was, of his interviews and the director's interviews around the movie. Yeah, I th- it was sort of implied because yeah. they they the I think it's like strongly implied within the movie, but yeah, they sort of make it much more explicit in the marketing. Yeah, so uh, there's kind of been so this is very QAnon adjacent. Yeah, but like in terms of the messaging in the movie, you know, the movie was was competent. Like it wasn't a bad movie, and it didn't it didn't talk about like organ harvesting or PizzaGate or Hillary Clinton, you know, or adrenochrome. Yeah, you didn't touch on any of that. But the director and the lead, I think, touched on quite a bit of that in the in the interviews around it. Well, Jim Cavazil is completely Q-pilled. So he's done interviews where he's talked about adrenochrome and mm. gone into detail about it. I think he's sort of referenced, if not outright, referred to frazzle drip. Right. Which, which is, is... It's this idea that there's like these videos of Hillary Clinton and people like peeling the faces off children, basically. Yeah, and yeah. The idea is that you peel their face off and that gives them a bit of a fright. And so then you get the adrenochrome out. It's real juicy. Which is kind of like the plot to Monsters Inc. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more extreme. So yeah. the organisation itself and the, like the real Tim Ballard guy, they have sort of come out so, so, somewhere between war, tepid and warm, I guess, against QAnon stuff mm. because, as they've correctly noted, thinking even if as an organisation they're a little bit fucked, <laughs> thinking that Donald Trump is secretly fixing the issue. If you if you think that there's a massive problem to be solved, thinking that Donald Trump is secretly fixing the issue so nothing needs to be done doesn't really help their bottom line. So they've come out against QAnon stuff, but at the same time, they've massively profited from QAnon in a way. Mm. Mm. So they, they had a tightrope to walk, and Jim Cavazil was like, fuck that, <laughs> I'm just going to jump off the tightrope. So... The kind of the history of Operation Underground Railroad and, and Tim Ballard. So basically, they they are an organisation that exists and goes in claiming they claim they go in and do a lot of these raids and save kids, um, and then you know everyone loves them for it because who wouldn't want that? Mm. Um, the people that don't love it is literally anyone else involved in any of this because <laughs> they're like you you just can't do this. Um, because there's no like they don't have any systems in place to to help anyone after the fact, um, other than probably pulling them into some. So 
the main guy is a, a well, it's a Mormon organization, um, and it's funded by prominent Mormons. Um, so I think they put them into like Mormon schooling and then just let them free. Mm. Uh, well, he has he has adopted a couple of the kids himself. Oh, yeah, he's got like eleven kids in the movie and in real life, but he just kind of mm. ditches them to live in Colombia for a bit. Yeah. Um, leaves him with Mira Silvino, the best actress in the movie, best actor in the movie. Um, yeah, but it, in real life, some of these kids are like getting adopted by Americans. Yeah, but uh, kind of the, the criticism around it is, like, that's just not you can't do that. You can't go in and frighten people, you know, rescue people with this big kind of heroic flashbang, uh, you know, guns are blazing because that's just going to terrify the kids further. Yeah, but uh, then, then to just be like, well, good luck. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy the rest of your life. We're going to do this again. The other uh, criticism I think uh, they've had is um, one of the, one of their things they'd go into these places and they did it in this movie. And and just sort of start throwing money at people and saying, "Hey, get us some kids." You know, we've got all these, we've got all this money. Let's get. We need fifty kids. We need a hundred kids. And then, so people go and get them the kids. Yeah, but it's like <clears throat> before they did that, those fifty kids weren't being necessarily being kidnapped. Yes, like, yes. So they're creating the industry, and then yeah. Is this the same group that was going out into the desert and stuff and finding? campsites that they were saying is where they were shipping the kids through and there was a dude hiding up in a tower for a long time or something? No, no. No? But I think there's probably a Venn diagram of people involved in both. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I think they, they get like a lot of citizens and stuff. They, they claim to be it's like ex-special forces people and, you know, we're, we're an elite team, but I don't think that's the case or, or ever has been the case. Yeah. Or even, look, Obviously, Robbo's like, I love the military, God bless America, but maybe special forces soldiers are not always the best people. I know, mm. Robbo, you love them. No. Eating a big no. American flag like it's a bowl of pasta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, not always the best people, but even still, some of these people who are like these gung-ho fake Rambos are not. He... um. Uh, uh- Looking into his history, there's a couple of Vice reporters. I read a couple of articles from. Uh, I didn't note down their name, um, but they they've kind of looked into the history of him and, and Op- Operation Underground Railroad, and like it's just all it's all fabricated. Uh, his own history with the like he said he worked for the CIA, and they're like, oh, we can't confirm that unless he says it's okay for us to confirm or deny, and he's never responded to that. Mm. Um. There was one incident where they claimed they'd rescued this this girl and um, he met with Donald Trump and said, oh, you know, this was the story of this girl that we rescued and we, you know, we saved her. And uh, it turns out just none of that was true. They basically, they might have been in touch with her, but she, like, escaped herself from, from uh, like, after being sex trafficked as a, a teenager. And then by the time they came along, she was, like, in university and, and – you know, pretty much uh, saved herself, and they were taking credit for that and saying, you know, we're we're saving the, these people. Um, they said they have like co- co- cooperation with some law enforcement, and it's the examples are like the a local police agency bought a, a police dog that was trained by the funding from one of these Mormon groups, 
Mm-hmm. So, like, they've donated to to train a police dog, and then the police, a you know, the, the police have bought that dog, and then that dog was used in a sting or was just used in day to day, and then Operation Underground Railroad said, "Oh, yeah, we we're collaborating with the police force on this." Yeah, so, like these real tenuous links to it's like what quite, not doing. quite the same. Like, if you if you're out doing raids, and you say I'm working with the police, the implication is, oh, I'm working on the police with the raids, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that I've not we, gave, not we gave them a cute little puppy. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this before of like it seems to be really prolific in America. You just say like, oh, you know, we're involved in special forces and I'm like a you know black ops guy and I do all these things and it just immediately buys credibility and no one not no one, sorry, but a big part of the population just does not question it. And like, you know, so then as a result, anything you're doing is is good. Mm. Uh, and when you actually look into it, it's <clears throat> actually the worst possible thing. <laughs> yep. mm. um, so but th- just just on the thing about the demand they were creating, one of the things I saw was there were like there were kids that had never been trafficked before <laughs> until mm. they came in and were like, "Give us fifty kids." So mm. then the fact that they're sometimes taking those kids and adopting them, it's like they're just the human traffickers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kind of like trafficking them for their own, their own like hero complex mm. more than anything. Uh, a couple of Q and on references. So or I think maybe Pizzagate references that I, I'm not sure on. Um, one was they reference a club called the butterfly butterfly club. Mm. Uh, when they're setting up their own one, they, they, they mention this other one and, and butterfly was one of the, the FBI symbols thrown around a lot in, in Pizzagate that were, you know, allegedly uh, used to identify pedophiles. Um, the other one was they were calling kids chickens. I can't remember if that was a Pizzagate code word or not, and I, it's so hard to find them now because... Wasn't there, know, like, sausages or hot dogs or something? Hot dogs was the Obama one. Right. Um, where he got, like, hot dogs sent to the White House, $60,000 worth of hot dogs. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> which was just a joke in an email, completely unrelated. But all, all of those things were uh, – there was walnut sauce. Uh, I can't remember if, if chicken was one or not, and I couldn't find it because – There would have – in those emails, there would have to be someone ordering some chicken, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say, yeah, it probably was one. Well, yeah, someone came along on 4chan and just listed a whole bunch of terms and said, oh, this is what these mean, and then that became the – you know, oh, that's absolutely true. Oh, my God. And I'm pretty sure chicken was one. And that was they were calling kids chickens in there. Um, and as I said, the injecting yourself with a, a tracking chip, I, I reckon, was probably a reference as well. Or, you know, something, a little bit of a nod. Um, but, yeah, not not overtly like Pizzagate QAnon-y. You know, if, if you just walked into the cinema and you saw this movie, you'd go, oh, this was a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> bad movie with a couple of decent actors in it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the weird part, and I think this was cut off at the end of ours, Cam, was they do a – what's kind of would, would make you question what's going on here is there's a pay-it-forward campaign mm. where at the end of the movie they encourage you to buy another ticket for someone. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, everyone at this point has watched a movie. They're, you know, probably pretty right-wing uh, religious Americans They've watched a movie about a hero complex and gone, yeah, we're we're heroes too. And then they immediately buy tickets for other people. 
So as a result, this the box office takings for this movie are like huge. Cause yeah, it's like the third biggest movie after Barbenheimer. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it out out it beat Indiana Jones on the on its opening weekend. The weird thing is though, and I've seen a few sort of cooked blue and on people tweeting about this, but I have seen like people who seem to legitimately be like movie ushers and things. Uh, talking about the fact that this movie is screening at their cinema and there'll be these sold-out sessions and they'll go in and there's not a single soul in there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think there, were, there was this sort of conspiracy that uh, they'd been, you know, the studio had been buying up all the tickets to create this sort of false impression that this was a huge thing. Yeah. But I think mm. it's just the Pay It Forward campaign. Yeah, They've bought I, all these tickets and have did they just fuck up? Did they forget to give anyone the tickets? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if someone says, Hey, I bought you a free ticket to a, a movie about sex trafficking. <laughs> you're like, all right, thanks. Yeah, you're yeah. like, oh cool. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely go to that. Yeah. <clears> um <throat> that also plays a- into the other side of the conspiracy of like all these sessions say they're sold out and then we go and there's no one in there. Are they lying about it? Yeah, so there's all these conspiracy theories that are, the movie's being sabotaged. They don't want people to see it, and so they're pretending to sell out the sessions, and then no one's getting to see it. But yeah, I think it is just that it's the pay it forward thing. It's probably one of those movies where how much does the movie ticket cost? Like twenty bucks. Yeah. Roughly. Plus plus another bloody forty bucks for popcorn. Stinger uh, on that popcorn. But it's like if you're the sort of if you're the target demographic for this movie, you can afford to go to the movies. Yeah. You don't actually need it to be paid forward. Mm. So I don't think those people are like going to the pay it forward site to get a free ticket. So they're, they're just, everyone's just basically buying two tickets to the movie. But one of the other conspiracy theories that's been popping up is that there are all these cinemas who are working against the movie. They're uh, setting off fire alarms. They're uh, turning <laughs> off the air conditioning. Anything to sabotage sound of freedom although i think it's just maybe cinemas in america are just fucked because i i was looking at the barbenheimer hashtag and there are a bunch of people like oh our screening of barbie like the air conditioning broke down so they had to give us all refunds and no one knew what was going on so it seems like maybe these cinemas are just poorly staffed due to automation and the coronavirus you know who's to blame for that barbie one though who's that the bloody patriarchy yeah, mm. but yeah, patriarchy. I, I think you have a, a business model that uh, is struggling for staff due to the coronavirus, and they they sacked like almost everyone. Yeah. And American workers, especially at that level, as in staffing a cinema, are famously not paid well or looked after as workers. Yeah. So, like, what you know, they don't care. Uh, it's just, it's just a. It's just all falling apart over there. I guess the, the other thing is, like, these are surly teens chewing gum and having, you know, trysts out by the popcorn machines. Do you think they get tips? They don't, eh? You're not getting tipped to the fucking cinema, mate. Like, if I go in and, and get a a big Coke and a big popcorn, am I giving them a buck as a tip? No, I don't think you do. But I don't think they're, getting, they're not getting paid anymore. <clears throat> well, they're just getting paid minimum wage, right? This is exactly what Steve Buscemi was was right about in the nineties. Yeah, society says it's, we should be tipping one set of workers, but another set of workers doing the same job don't get tips. Yeah, 
I guess the the reason we don't pay cinema workers tips is because we're like, oh, they're all so cool. They get to watch movies, and they're all making out by the popcorn machines mm, and having yeah, the craziest having the craziest summer of their lives. If we were to set a slacker movie somewhere, this is top five places. Yeah. But the thing is, because they've automated half the jobs at the cinema, you've got like one guy running between all of the cinemas to like press the button on the projection machine <laughs> instead yeah. of having a projectionist. Yeah. And so I think that would lead to more mishaps. Do you think Just, he can fix the aircon? I don't think so. Well, that's the thing. There would have been an, an aircon guy before. It's bloody shooting time. Whoa, that's good. Oh, that's I like that. Good. Is that, um, a shoey, is that a shoey for what we were just talking about? Because <laughs> that was a shoey. Well, it's extra shoey, I guess. I was just going to say when I saw bloody Indiana Jones. Oh, you did? Yeah. I've heard Best good movie things. I've been to in like three years. <laughs> yeah, right. I liked it. Yeah, nice. Also, hot tip, the uh, the readings or readings, readings cinema mm-hmm. at Altona. Mm-hmm. Fucking bloody luxurious. Yeah, is it? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I've given you that hot tip a couple times, mate. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard it. So. No, I'd <laughs> given you some pretty hot tips, mate. I don't know about that one, though. Yeah. I only just realized it was there not long ago. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's bloody nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. What, can, right? what's, what's nice about it? All, all the seats are fancy seats, mate. Yeah. They didn't even muck around with, like, going through having... They don't, yeah, they don't have standard class. They have premium, and then they have, like... Fucking, it's called like Titan Lux, and Titan Lux is like just huge, really comfy recliners with a little fucking table to put your snacks on. Just comfy, just comfy, mate. Um, the latest. I'm just looking at some reviews. This isn't the latest one. It's the lowest. Uh, One star. Yeah, this is the Reading Cinemas Miller's Junction, Altona North. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Had a very negative experience, which is extremely disappointing. My family and I, group of seven. The late showing at 9.15 alongside food. I think there's your first problem. Taking seven people at 9.15 and booking food. Yeah. Uh, it was Good Friday. Mm-hmm. They were informed by Thomas that they had to collect food. Name and shame. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd get a text and he's like, oh, I've got an English phone number. And Thomas said, no, nah, it's fine. It will still happen. And it did not happen. Mm. Uh, Thomas but, was quite aloof about it as well. I'm sure what, was. I think a lot of this is on these people. Yeah, they're pretty demanding for that time of the day. Uh, he's taken multiple photos of the space and the mess. Just going to bring one up now. Uh, yeah, it's pretty messy. Like where they were sitting or the foyer? This is just in the foyer. It's just some like tickets on the ground. Right. Oh, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a photo of it as being like, oh, oh, there's yeah. some straw paper. Oh, it's pretty messy. It's Good Friday. Yeah. Uh, the, one- the foyer is nice and big and spacious. There's these really massive, nice booths to sit in. This person, then- uh, one star. This is a new cinema. Great facilities, especially the seats. Though on my nine visits, they have only had chock tops once. <laughs> First world problems, but it's become a bit of a theme of my cinema experience and quite annoying. I tell you what, mate. Yeah, fucking buy something else. Hey, you know, you know what's going to happen. Take your own. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, there's a shop nearby that you could just sneak a, in a little. There's a supermarket by Oh, get a little Magnum and take it in. Yeah, this person uh, is driving forty minutes to get there. There's another cinema forty minutes like, somewhere else closer. So you, when you buy your tickets online, you like buy your tickets and you fucking buy your snacks and a drink and stuff. Then when you go in there, you just load up your 
your little email or whatever and go click, click to say I'm in the cinema. Hmm. And then while you're waiting to be served, they're already getting your shit ready. So when you're hmm. at the start of the line, they're like, oh, is this for, is this for salt? Hmm. You go, yeah, it is. And they go, here's your drink, here's your popcorn. In you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was great. 10 out of 10 experience. Well, at, at 573 reviews, uh, still got a 4.7 rating. So that's that's pretty good. It's pretty good. So could I have the shooey theme again? Uh, yep, hang on. It's shooey time. Are you doing that live? I am, mate. That's sick. I've got a little shooey as well. A little cinema-based shooey. Just sort of related. Wait, do you want me to do what, a clean one so you can edit it out later and chuck it in? No, no, that's fine. It's okay. good. No. I still live all the time. Yeah. yeah. Little cinema shooey. Uh, I was looking at the whole Barbenheimer thing because I, I was looking at it in relation to the, you know, they were also having aircon mishaps. And uh, have you followed this Barbenheimer affair, boys? What's the affair? I'll just, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two very be- very different movies. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people saying, I'm going to do the double feature. Yeah. I'm going to see both of them on the same day. That's a bloody contrasting double feature. Yeah. It turned into a meme. People talking about what's the best way to see them. Yeah. Obviously, Oppenheimer, then Barbie. To do it the other way around would be the, the work of a psychopath. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I, I went to the cinema on Saturday to see some fucking Norwegian movie. And it was absolutely packed. And everyone was talking about, are oh, you doing Barbenheimer? Yeah, we saw Oppenheimer this morning, watching Barbie now. Everyone's wearing pink or black. Yeah. Show your allegiance. Yeah. So <laughs> your, your allegiance is either to Mattel toys or, or to nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a huge meme that drove, seemingly drove this big box office turnout and seemingly also an organic meme, right? Yeah. And everyone sort of has been talking a little bit about how organic it is because it's like clearly it does go against the interests of the studios a little bit. Like if either the Barbie people or Warner Brothers had their druthers, they would prefer that all of the marketing was like, let's go see Oppenheimer or let's go see Barbie. Mm. They're not so interested in people being like, I want to see both of them. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because it does seem there was a bit of a – like a rat fucking in the the initial release of them being on the same day. This is the how the story goes that uh, Christopher Nolan left Warner Brothers and said so they're like, fuck you, we're going to put our big movie out on the same day as yours. And it sort of has backfired because of this meme. Right. But mm. today, while I was looking at Barbenheimer stuff to find out about the air conditioning, I did see that there are some guys on the internet, a new type of guy, AMC theatre guys. Right. So, you know, there was like the GameStop thing where like the stock became a meme. Yeah. So AMC theatres, I think the actual company themselves has tried to position themselves as being the new meme stock. Right. And so there are these guys online who are like ride or die with AMC promoting AMC constantly, but also it's in their interests for everyone to go to the cinema. And so I saw a lot of these guys like really pushing Barbenheimer. And I do wonder if, I think it is very organic, but I do wonder if it got a little push by the fact that there are like the guys that used to like tweet about Ripple or they tweet about, you know, 
they're trying to pump up their crypto of choice are now trying to just pump up going to the movies. Mm-hmm. I think could have had a little something to do with the fact that they're talking about Barbenheimer on you know, Good Morning America or whatever. Right. Um, AMC has 36% of the total movie theater industry in the US. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> quite, a, quite a big chunk. It is a big chunk, but uh, I think they're hard up for cash. I thought the same about the Grimace thing recently. Yeah, what was with that? You know how it was Grimace's birthday? Before uh, it was Grimace's birthday, people were, like, memeing Grimace. And pe- people made, like, fake ads about, you know, kind of creepy Grimace things. And then it was Grimace's birthday and they released a Grimace shake at McDonald's. And then that became a meme of, like, uh, kids going to, oh, you know, I'm on TikTok. And they'll be like, oh, I'm just trying this new Grimace shake. I'll let you know how it goes. And then they take a big sip and then it cuts and they're like passed out vomiting on the pavement. Yeah. Or they were making little horror movies revolving yeah, around yeah. Drinking, drinking the shake. Right. Yeah. And it, and it, the whole thing just, you know, it seemed very like, I don't know, Grimace started popping up as a meme. Then it was his birthday. And then there was more memes around it. It but all just didn't seem super organic. But then again, like what a crazy risk that would be. Hey, let's make a bunch of creepy memes about our creepy giant purple man. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And so can I just ask, mm. I grew up in a town that didn't have a McDonald's, right? Mm. Well, the Grimace and the Hamburglar and all that, they've never really been a thing in Australia, right? Well, I think they were like characters within the McDonald's land place area. Right. Yeah. But I don't know how. Whatever in marketing or anything like that. Like you see, I'm sure think... you see stuff from America and it's like the Hamburglar blah, 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 and they're doing like stuff. No, I, I reckon it was. I, I think, because uh, I, I, like you, Salty, never grew up around a, a McDonald's. But I think maybe like Happy Meals, you'd get a Grimace thing or a Hamburglar. Right. I remember mm. when I was a kid getting cookies that were like the shapes of them, but I don't ever remember them. Like I've, I don't remember growing up with those characters being in advertisement and all that kind of stuff here. Or was I just not paying attention? Uh, maybe you weren't. Pay- I think they were a little bit. Right. But you don't want to lean too hard into... The law. Uh, other mascots are a criminal and a giant purple blob. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got a, a you know a, a lovable, a jaunty clown, you don't want to bring that criminal too much into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I McTees, fis- he seems pretty legit. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. Wait, is he a real McDonald's character? Or is he a yeah. kid from The Simpsons? <laughs> That's a real I don't character. know. I assume he is. That's a real is character. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, here's P. He's the mayor of McDonald's land. <laughs> In my mind, the, the cloud is the, the mayor, but of course you're not going to make a clown there. He's a bloody clown. <laughs> you make a clown there. That'd be a little too much like a real life. Yeah, right. Uh, uh. Uh, uh. So what other characters do we have then? Hamburglar, Grimace, Mayor McCheese, Ronald. That's it, I think. Do they not, do they not have any ladies or gender diversity? I don't think so. I think there was no. another criminal. Two criminals? I think I think there were multiple criminals. <laughs> I, I did we must have talked about this recently, Robo, because I remember looking it up and the people from McDonald's were like, we need to downplay the aspect of marketing. We were like, come to our restaurant and we'll steal your food. <laughs> uh on the McDonald's.fandom.com wiki, I feel like they missed a trick by not calling it McWiki, but like whatever. <laughs> Uh, there are 57 items for characters. Right. So there's the main there's the main eight. 
you got Grimace, mm-hmm. you got Hamburglar, yep. you got Uncle O'Grimacy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Birdie the Early Bird, Mayor McCheese, Ronald McDonald, Fry Kids, and then Sunday and brackets character. <laughs> <laughs> Just to not get confused. But then, like, then there's all item 37. Uh, there's Mac Tonight. Remember that guy? The big moon that sung? Mm. Oh, yeah. He uh, he had a big resurgence in the vaporwave era. He was very vaporwavey. Yeah, uh, I think he's had a real big resurgence in, like, racist vaporwave as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but then there's, like, Mr. Tree, One-Eyed Sally. <laughs> uh, who else? We've got Franklin. We've got the Griddler. The Griddler. Is he the other criminal? I think he might have been. Might be. Uh, hamburger Patch, Hamburglar, uh, Headless Egg McMuffin Horseman. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, he's great. Uh, the Headless Egg McMuffin Horseman is a spooky mascot for McDonald's. He was a Halloween special. He was in two ads. <laughs> he scared the re- residents of McDonald Land in, in order to steal their egg McMuffins. His name was never officially announced, but fans chose the name based on him being headless and liking egg McMuffins <laughs> and being a horseman. Uh, oh, there's, uh, on the wiki page, there's a category for downfall. Oh. Uh-oh. After his appearances in the fall of 1998, the headless Ed McMuffin horseman does not appear again. It has been 20 years since this time he was declared dead in 2018. Oh, he uh, have a bit of a zombie comeback. I feel like someone's taking a little bit of liberty with this wiki page. Mm. Um, the Griddler, he was from 2003 to 2006. So he's like about, all about the McGriddle? Yeah, he uh, similar to Mayor McCheese and Officer Big Mac having a giant McGriddle for a head. Right. He would steal other people's McGriddles. So much crime in McDonald land. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Mayor McCheese had taken his fucking eye off the ball. Uh, I'll just note the, the French Fry Kids, the Fry Kids, uh, yep. were originally known as the French Fry Goblins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that came. <laughs> it did come up somewhere. Because uh, when you well, if you Google McDonald's characters, and Google like tries to fill out the top top few, you got Ronald McDonald, Officer Big Mac, Hamburglar, Birdie the Early Bird, Mac Tonight, and Goblin. Right. <laughs> and you click on that, and it's just the wiki page for like a goblin. So I think Google's got a little bit confused there at some point. Oh, Robert, I should say that when I was referring to the other criminal, it was actually Grimace was the original criminal. Oh. He was, his original name was Evil Grimace. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and he, yeah, he was definitely more crime focused. Do you guys want to hear about Sunday Brackett's character? Yes. Sunday is a white, brown, spotted, <laughs> creepy dog with a blue nose and red mouth and a tuft of red hair on his head and tail. Right. He speaks in a dull, monotone voice making him sound like he's depressed in some way. Oh. And there's a quote, can't we just have a normal adventure? Uh. Uh, he appeared in the character in the live action sequences in the first three Wacky Adventures tapes and just being a cartoon in the remaining three. Uh, he's portrayed by Vern Troyer. Right. Well, there's so much McDonald lore that I, I'm not aware of. Did you mention Captain Crook, who would steal Philadelphia fish sandwiches? No, I did not mention <laughs> Captain Crook, who would steal Philadelphia <laughs> fish sandwiches. Oh, uh, fuck. What does he look like? Uh, he looks like a pirate captain. He, I think he became, he was originally a bloke, and then he became more muppety. 
There is, of course, Officer Big Mac as the sole law enforcer in right. McDonald Land. Uh, there's also King Gonga. King Gonga is the ruler of Grimace Island and a r- relative of Grimace. Right. He was in the animated short Legend of Grimace Island. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Hey, quite a lot of lore, a lot of world yeah. building. But hey, boys. I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Ken. <laughs> I was going to say, just read the Mark, the Grimace Shake viral mm. phenom. Mm. I do I do think the, the idea of the product turning you into a homicidal maniac just seems too out there to be even like pushed by McDonald's subtly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, these days it's probably pretty low risk to, to put a couple of things on TikTok and see if they take off. And if they don't just, all right, cool. I wonder if like six months down the track, we're going to be seeing things where they are sort of going for it. There was <laughs> something today where it was like a super racist Ron DeSantis campaign ad that came out that was like made by the DeSantis people. It had like Nazi iconography in it that was released by like an independent third party, but it was actually made by Ron DeSantis's people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Republicans are onto it. McDonald's will get onto it soon enough. Uh, hey, boys. Mm-hmm. Chewy over. <laughs> So, closer to home, there are, mm. there are also children being saved. Is that right, Robbo? Yeah. So, there's this big W thing that's all this anti-sex education thing happening in Australia where a bunch of gronks have realised there's a sex education book uh, oh. that's, that's quite explicit, I guess, or, or quite- um, Well, okay. It's illustrated. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's a, it, it's a book called Welcome to Sex, Your No Silly Questions Guide to- what is it? Sexuality, pleasure, and figuring it out. It's by mm. Melissa Kang, who you might know as Dolly Doctor. Right. If you were like, I don't know, <laughs> if you had female friends in the, I guess, any time in the last couple of decades mm. growing up, and they had like Dolly magazines, and you'd open them up, and there was like this Dolly Doctor section, you're like, what the fuck? Are they, how come we're not getting this mm. hyper magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like yeah. they're getting a lot of information we're not getting. And by Yumi Steins, who was recently vindicated in her slagging off of Ben Robert Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a it's a sex ed book. It's basically, I think, it, it is just questions that they received to the, at the Dolly Doctor hotline over the years from real young people, being like, "What's fingering." What's a sixty nine? They're all talking about fucking sixty nines on the playground. What are, what are the what the fuck are they on about? And they're just like it's just gobbing a bloke off while they're bloody growling you out. Jesus. Well, gobbing gobbing a bloke off while that bloke's gobbing you off. Yeah, I think and it's it, pretty uh, sexuality inclusive. This book. Yeah, yeah, it goes into scissoring um, and like how to, uh, and you know, basically saying kids are getting their education from porn. Hmm. Let's make just get all the information out there, and um, you know that is a, a small part of it as well. Obviously, a big part is like um, how to understand when things cross the line, how to make sure that you're not being uh, assaulted, and you know what is what is normal and what is not normal. Yeah, what's consent? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, and obviously, people that uh, well, just I just wanted to address a point the from just before. 
before we go on. It's like you say it's explicit and it's like illustrated. It's not that explicit. <laughs> it's like oh, in this yeah, I mean it's it's little it, cat. I mean, it's it's cartooned, but it it's is. Cartooned. I mean, it's like it's like if you've, a, seen, if you've seen Big Mouth, the yeah. cartoon, it's probably around that that yeah. realm. Yeah. Or if you've seen uh, Where Do I Come From? <laughs> yeah, I the saw jo- a page on the news website. I saw just a page of different looking dongers. Yeah, uh, yep. It's like, yep. hey, your donger might look like one of these. Doesn't matter what it looks like. They're all bloody normal dongers. Yeah, yeah. but all yeah, things I'm- that are, are probably really good <laughs> good for kids to to know when they're struggling. Yeah. And the pressures of modern life. But yeah, all of these grunts are like, oh, it's like por- it's a porno book. It's like, nah, the porno that the kids are watching is a little more explicit than a drawing of a donger. Yeah. Um, so it's been taken off shelves uh, as a result, not of its explicitness, which the, the cookers are saying, ah, oh, we won because uh, it's been taken off shelves. It's being taken off shelves to stop cookers going in and threatening and harassing staff because mm. uh, that's the way to save... The children is by attacking teenagers that work at a big W. Yeah. <laughs> or anyone that works at a big W, really. A friend of the show, Tom Tanaki, has a good video on YouTube about that as well, mm. about all this. So uh, I recommend looking at that. One thing that's really set the Gronks off is Yumi Stein's, because it's like it's for like 12 and up. Uh, but Yumi Stein's made a comment like, you know, if an eight-year-old was to flick through it, I think that'd be fine. And they've really seized on that. They're like, oh, they're, sh- they're teaching eight-year-olds about anal sex. It's like, no, they're saying if an eight-year-old flicked through the book, it'd be fine. <laughs> and it would be because yeah. they'd flick through the book. They'd be like, I don't care about this shit. Where's my My Little Ponies? Like, there's not a single fucking unicorn in here. Couldn't care less. Yeah? Couldn't fucking care less. It's like, this child's got a, a vocabulary, right? Mm. This is why they need the book. Mm, mm. No, but the, the, the thing is, some kids are going to be like, I couldn't care less. I want my, my little ponies. Or they're going to be like, oh, now I have uh, the language put into words, you know, what's going on with my abusive, you know, priest or whatever. Mm. Anyway, these cookers, the, the thing about it all is it's like so self-evidently a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think I think young people they, the language to understand this stuff. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, so my like my first interaction or first discovery of of what this was about was seeing one of the cookers go into a big W a video of this and you know harassing staff and saying they've got books you know showing kids what anal sex is on the shelf and my reaction was ah oh, probably not that literal you know you're probably like blowing it up because you guys are, uh, are weird and then I looked at I looked it up and oh no that is okay well okay they are showing kids what anal sex is. And so that little reaction there that I had, I think a lot of people would like blow that up and go, well, we can't have that. Yeah. You know, once you kind of step back from that initial like, oh, shit, it's, you know, it is really an instruction, uh, you go, oh, why is that needed? And then you go, okay, it's actually probably quite a good thing. But I think a lot of people don't take that step back. They go, oh, that's awful. We can't be discussing this with kids. They're only kids. Because mm. mm. I think part of the problem is that the kids already sort of know about anal sex because I've heard all of these stories of people saying, oh, yeah, all of the kids at my school thought, well, we have to stay virgins, so we'll only have anal sex. Or their boyfriends watch pornography and they're like, well, that's the only thing to do. Mm. And it probably would have been really helpful if at some point someone had said, go to the supermarket, get some condoms and get some lubricant. 
Mm, mm. Definitely get the lubricant. Definitely get the condom. You need both of them, but definitely get the lubricant. Uh, and it would have saved everyone a lot of bloody <laughs> bother. Yeah. Do we want to move on to some rest of the news? Let's do the rest of the news. So kids have been saved. All right. When you're buying the lube, you should open up your anti-woke app to check how woke your lube is. I think one of the examples in the app was lube, actually. (laughs) So a thing briefly went around about this uh, anti-woke apps where you can check brands to see their wokeness rating. But as as it turned out, Robbo, it's actually a series of apps called the Values Packs. And I love this because they are, like, covering all of their bases. You can get, like, an app for any value system that you hold. So they have, like, a a pro... They have, like, the anti-queer app and they have the pro-queer app or they have the pro-American app or you can get the anti-American app. It's quite interesting. So I think this company is definitely quite right-leaning because Mm. everything that they post on their social media... They seem to really push the anti-woke stuff more. But it, it's quite interesting, like, seeing people seeing people on the left react to this and go, oh, how fucking ridiculous they've got this, you know, uh, support veterans app or, like, uh, America First, you know, app, anti-woke stuff. But then I imagine a lot of those same people up in arms about that would be quite happy t- for an app to show them which companies are actually supporting the environment or doing good things for, for you know, uh, LGBTQI plus yeah. people. Like, you know, it, there's this thing where you go, ah, oh, you know, look at these snowflakes on the right. Like, you know, everything has to be about freedom. But people, everyone shops on values, I think, to some extent already. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> so, sort of, like, it's sort of weird for the company that doing the rating to, do to be both. like, to do it all. Yeah. Because yeah. if you were to scan that app with the app, where would it come up yeah it'll go hey these guys support the opposite thing that you you're into as well Mm -hmm. um i I would love to do like a side-by-side through a supermarket and you know with all the packs and see which ones they they say to support and which one not to we had like an australian version of this as well that didn't really get off the ground which was the you know the mad fucking witches had their murdoch app (laughs) that i think was like does does this company support the Murdoch business? Maybe it was just for advertising in Murdoch papers, but it was like so badly done. And I think they'd pulled things from like a weird ABN register. So they had stuff like the the Lads Society, the Nazi group. And they're like, these guys are okay. Right. <laughs> they, they don't advertise in Murdoch papers. Anyway. Not everything uh, needs to be an app. Next bit of news, uh, Donald Trump was a client of the Long Island serial killer. There yeah, you go. put this one in here. I, that, I don't. That's all. That's all the news. Okay. <laughs> no, at, at some point, uh, Trump hired the Long Island serial killer to do some wor- work on his building at 40 Wall Street. Who's the Long Island serial killer? Uh, so this is like a serial killer that there's like been a few docos about him. It was. It's in Long Island, and they found. I think it was a real true crimey sort of case where, you know, there was a nine eleven nine one one call where someone's like, it's quite emotive, and uh, this person's like, they're trying to get me. I'm running away, and so it got a lot of interest. And while they were searching for this person, they found like a shitload of bodies, and they never found the body of the person they were originally searching for. But they just, they just kept on 
finding bodies that were not that well hidden. So argument perhaps for better body searching generally, just do a sweep every now and then. But they found heaps of bodies that had been dumped in these areas and they're like, oh, we've got a serial killer. It's probably someone in this very small community. And that's been sort of hanging over that area for a little while now. Mm. And they finally caught them because I think that they uh, they linked. Unfortunately, one of the things they'd done was like uh, made mocking phone calls to like the family members of a victim. And they managed to like run the number, <laughs> run the phone records and uh, yeah, catch yeah. them. But, like, years and years later. And, yeah, he was, like, an architect. And it's sort of weird. All of the, uh, you know, all the neighbours all come out and they're like, oh, you never would have known. He was such a normal guy. Yeah. All of the neighbours of this guy was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> he was always so fucking creepy. Like, 100% he's a serial killer. I always thought he was a serial killer. This confirms that mm-hmm. all of the bodies I've tied to him. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was interesting that Donald Trump had hired him. And- I'm sure he didn't hire him because he's a serial killer, but check the walls at 40 Wall Street. Make sure there's mm. nothing behind them. Mm. Uh, the next item you've got here, Robbo, is try that in a small town. Yeah, it's a country country western song that's kicking off and causing controversy. Jason Adler? Alder? Yeah, uh, Aldian. Aldian. Um, and basically it's like uh, the, the kind of the controversy is a lot of the wording seems to be coded uh, to be like, we don't want black people in our small towns. Uh, mm. uh, my granddad round them up and shot and lynched them. You shouldn't do that. Uh, not as blatant as that, but um, pretty no, much, yeah. If you come the, to a small town. In the music video, they have him like on the courthouse steps, which I think were famously involved in a lynching. Yeah. And all of the sort of shenanigans that you might try in a small town, they have like all of this footage of Black Lives Matters protests. Mm. And um, weirdly, there's no footage of, like, January 6th in there. <laughs> no. Which, like, if you wanted riot footage from the last few years, wouldn't that be, you know, have a wealth of content? Some of the lyrics, though, uh, which I, I don't think they thought about this too well because you could snip it out quite easily, which are cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp the flag, and light it up. You know, that's <laughs> you could snip that out and use that as a rallying cry. Uh, I did see it pointed out somewhere that, Cussing out a cop and spitting in his face uh, in small town America is probably pretty common for yeah. a lot of his fans. <laughs> this was another one where I was like, hey, are you walking a tightrope? Because, yeah. like, well, I thought he was walking a tightrope, right? Because it's like over the past few years, they've gotten quite into that. But then you look at the YouTube comments and they're <laughs> like, it didn't take them long to be back to Love and Cops. Well, I think isn't there? There's a difference in their mind between any of the cops at January six, and then the cops in their small town or small towns. Um, you know, the it's yeah, they're, they're, they're completely different. They they don't seem to make a correlation between the two. I don't think. Mm. Uh, next item here: congressional hearing about UFOs slash UAPs this week. Yeah, coming up this week, baby. There's going to be some. Yeah, well, I've mentioned this before. For some reason, in America, you just let anyone in to, to speak at any kind of uh, government level you have and just let it get weird. And I think that's going to happen in, in a Senate committee this week. So get excited. And finally, Ben Shapiro throwing Barbie in da Binbi. Yeah, oh, we should have mentioned this in the Barbie thing. Uh, ben Shapiro, uh, he did this thing where he threw Barbie into a bin behind him. 
mm. in the intro to his Barbie review, and it misses the bin completely, <laughs> or like it hits the edge and must fall out. But they do like a weird edit where they like you see it get cut out and then dragged over and dropped in the bin, mm. and it looks it looks like they just didn't want to reshoot him. Yeah. Getting it in the bin, they thought well, he's got. We've got no confidence that he can throw something into a thing. Yeah, uh, like doing so it all in just, one take, so they're like, we need him to get it in the bin. But isn't I it, feel like they could have done a couple of takes. Doesn't he throw it at the start? Yeah. So yeah, just exactly. keep keep on doing it until he gets it in, and then go from there. Yeah, but you've got Ben, ben Shapiro is never going to throw a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's no way he's going to get that. Or just um, keep, just cut around it. Just they, cut, yeah. cut to a shot of the doll going into the bin. In the bin. Yeah. Um, also, anyway, I wa- he went to the Barbie screening dressed as Ken. Yeah, all all in black, which could have been for Oppenheimer as well, but <laughs> very Ken outfit. Um, I watched a little bit of his his review. I've never really watched. I watched obviously the famous snippets of the Ben Shapiro, but never really watched a thing. Mm. It's really bad. Mm. I don't. He's one of those people. I don't get the the appeal. Um, he did say uh, his producers dragged him to the Barbie movie. Sure, sure, they dragged you there. Mm. Um, he does comment about how the uh, only thing that good to be said about the film was the production design, and the quote is, uh, "It's got beautiful costumes." <laughs> and then he keeps on asking, um, "Who was the intended audience for this film?" The preview uh, previews in front of the film were all for kids' films. He's like, "Is this a film for kids?" Uh, but yeah, it has been it's a movie about a pink toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes on to talk about all the references. Like there's a Godfather reference and a 2001 space odyssey. So yeah, movies for kids can have like, that's famously a thing that happens in movies for kids. Yeah. You can't just send the kid to the movies. Like you have look to, at it. Look at, you have look to, at Looney Tunes and they're like referencing Ernest Hemingway and like Alfred Hitchcock constantly. Yeah, like well, you have to have some, like, number one. You have to have something for the parents, and number two, you have to have something for the kids. So when they watch Barbie in twenty years, they'll be like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Yeah, good art has layers, Ben. Yeah, good art has layers. But also, if anyone should not be asking the question, "Who is this for?" It's Ben Shapiro. Just stay away from that whole topic, in my view. Yeah, it's been pointed out quite a lot, especially around Barbie, of like, why are all these right-wing dudes saying that the Barbie movie sucks? Like, we don't need to hear from them because we all know that what you think about it. Like, yeah, but I just mean, like, who is Ben Shapiro for? It's a fucking Oh, who is he for? Yeah. It's hard to say, isn't it? It's like, people seem to like him. Yeah, against all reason, because it's like... <laughs> I, I do like the video and I watch it every time it comes up on Twitter of him saying, um, you know, if global warming happens, uh, the people that live on the coastline could just sell their houses and move somewhere else. And then the guy who's edited the video smashes through a wall, uh, shining style, and asks, who is he going to sell those houses to? Who are they going to sell their houses to? Fucking Aquaman. <laughs> uh, funny video. Well. That's it. We saved the kids. We did the news. Uh, Robbo, where can they find you, mate? Uh, I don't know. Give me on Blue Sky. Let's yeah. get that happening. I um, I was just looking at Twitter before. Someone replied to a tweet 
uh, of mine and they mentioned the word scam. And within about three minutes, there were 14 replies, all spam, mm-hmm. saying, report the scam to this, try this. It's like, how is this so bad now? Yeah. Well, so, it's it's not going to be Twitter for much longer. They've just announced they're going to call it X. And oh, it's going to, it will become the world's biggest banking app. Because Americans don't understand that you can just have banking. You just do internet banking. They don't have that. Why don't they, they don't have, have it? That. <laughs> That's why there's all these Venmo, Venmo and Cash apps. They're like, oh, we need to have these services. <laughs> just fucking... Just catch up to the rest of the world. What the fuck is wrong with you? But it's like the idea that Twitter or X or whatever <clears> is <throat> going to become the big banking thing. It's like why the whole world doesn't need that. Everyone else has worked it out. Yeah. Fucking is that s- what he's doing with it? Yeah. Yeah. He wants it to be like the, the one app that you use for everything, including so you'll have a little mark so that you can participate in commerce. Mm. Hashtag just saying. Mm. But it's like. Um, so my Twitter has changed to X since we've been talking. Oh, has it? Yep. Like on the web? Yep. Oh, there um, it is. Yep, same. Also, apparently, the latest update as of time of recording, they can't work out how to change the official Twitter handle for the Twitter main Twitter account from Twitter to X. So it's still <laughs> called Twitter. Uh, mine hasn't updated yet, and my phone will never be updated because I haven't done the update that lets me see the fake uh Verified people, so they're never going to get me to update it to see if they put a little X on it. Mm. Uh, anyway, lukerules.bsky.social. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Sex and Armor on Blue Sky. And Salty, you're on Blue Sky too, aren't you? Oh, uh, yeah, apparently. I don't know what my thing is. Don't worry about me for a little while. All right. And uh, you can find us on Patreon. Thank you to Tammy, our quick $33 sponsor. We're oh. at Hypothapod on Patreon, I believe. Uh, yeah, also, if you sign up to the Patreon, you can jump into our Discord, uh, where it's mostly pop culture chat and the Star Wars channel. Yeah. And Get on there. Th- Get in there. Yeah. Every now and then, Robbo asking me a question like, what do you think about the magnetic mind method? Do you think this sounds like a pyramid scheme? <laughs> Cam, I also asked you about a, a haunted bed in there as well. Yeah, and that bed was haunted AF. Yeah, so get in there and have a look at the haunted bed. Those ask... Us channels used to be private ones. And I went to ask both of you guys a question the other day and I was like, oh, should I put it in the right channel? No. I think that one needs to stay as a private question. Right. <laughs> okay. So I've got to remember that moving forward. Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, boys, see you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, scope on the flag and lie.